You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. We're in a series that we've entitled Behold, and when, when you look at uh, the original Christmas story, there's, there's this message this word shows up over and over again. It's, it's, it's behold. It, it means pay attention. Like it means don't miss this. It, it, it means, it means zero in on this. And I think it's interesting as, as I started looking at this word and the Christmas, original Christmas story, um, how this sediment shows up every time an angel appears to make an announcement about Christmas and about the coming of Jesus. And I was really wondering where we should take our Christmas series this year. And I started zeroing in on this thought. I, it's, it's this question that I want to answer. It's, it's who, is, who is Christmas really for? Like, and what's it all about? Like, like who is Christmas, the message Christmas? Who's, who's it for? And, and what's it all about? Because I think... I think that maybe we get so caught up in the busyness of Christmas and the busyness of the, the, the holiday seasons that we don't pause long enough to actually come to grips with who this really is for and what this really is all about. So we end up with this, like, who, who's it for? Well, Christmas, you know, it's for the kids. Christmas for the kids. Like, we're going we're gonna to spend a lot of money on, on, on all our kids, and, and Christmas is, is for the kids, you know, this is going to do it for the kids, like, you know, get a real tree, I want a fake tree, we're going to get a real tree for the kids, right? you know, it's all, it's all for the kids, and, and so Christmas, we think, is, is maybe for the kids, maybe Christmas is it's for the shoppers, this is depressing, but I'm going to tell you anyway, listen, do you know that the national, last year, last year, the national average on Christmas gifts spent per person, so mom, dad, if you got two, it's doubled, Right, mom and dad. Last year it was seven hundred and eighty dollars per purchasing unit. Okay, this year, this year, uh, it's you ready? Hold, hold on. It's going to be about nine hundred and ninety-eight dollars per. Now I'm gonna. I look at go. I don't know where those people are getting that that kind of money, but but that's the that's the average right now. Some say ouch, right? Like ouch, like that hurts. Um, and that's what, that's what some people think Christmas is for. It's for the, for the shoppers, right? And, and we're going to spend nine. Maybe it's for your sweet tooth. Come on. Anyone, anyone, you're looking. There's some, there's, some, there's some holiday season Christmas sweets that you only get at Christmas and you can't wait because now it's Christmas. Are you gonna, what is that for you? Let me hear you. Come on. What is it? What are your, yeah, what? Peppermint bark? Oh, yeah. Oh, can I just tell you real quick? I have a confession to make. I got addicted Two, these little Thin Mints. Did you guys try these things at Trader Joe's? Like they, like, they were like pretzel, like thin pretzel mitts. It was like crack. Did I say that? Am I allowed to say that at church? It was so good. And listen to what they did. Can I tell you what they did? This is not in my notes. I'm just talking. Here's what they did. Is they got you addicted and then they took it off the shelf. Like they don't have them anymore. Guys, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't know. I, I literally, I looked it up on Amazon, how to get a hold of Trader Joe's Thin Mints things. And somebody, somebody was wise because they were selling them for like $4.95 at Trader Joe's. Somebody bought a whole bunch. They're selling them things for 22 bucks a bag right now on Amazon. I bought nine of them. All right. So I'm just kidding. I didn't buy them. It's way too much. I bought four. Okay. So 
It's ridiculous. So for some of us, you think Christmas, it's all about the sweets, it's all about the treats, it's all about the shopping, it's all about the kids. Christmas, man, it does really good for uh, UPS. It's for UPS. They're delivering 750 million packages this year for travelers. The average person is going to travel 275 miles during this Christmas season. Come on, someone think like if it's Christmas is for the department stores and they lean in, don't they? Like Christmas season starts, it used to be the day after Thanksgiving. Now it's somewhere in the midst of Thanksgiving. We are, you know, moving into Black Friday and everything else and department stores this year, um, according to Forbes, are expected to bring in more than they ever have. And it's, it's, it's getting near uh, $1 trillion in department store or online stores this year. That's a lot of money, everybody. Makes up about 30 to 35% of uh, a store's income is what happens in this season of the year. Who is Christmas really for and what is it all about? And we've got all these things that we've made it for and all these things that we've made it all about, but who is it really for and what is it really all about? And, and to understand that, here's what I want to do over the next several weeks together, is to take you to the original Christmas story. And let's look together, okay? Let's look together at who the announcement of Christmas, like who got the first Christmas invites, like where, where did, because I think if you go look at who got the first Christmas invites, you actually see the heart of God who was giving us Christmas in Christ and you see what he intended it to be about and who he intended it, intended it to be for. So who is Christmas really for? Is it just the kids? Is it just the department stores? Is it just my sweet tooth? Who's it really for? And here's what I want you to see today in our first installment of Behold is that Christmas is really for Anyone who has ever lost hope. Christmas is for anyone who's ever lost hope. So think about this. The, the original Christmas story, some of you know it, but in your mind, where does the original Christmas story start? Who got the first announcement about Christmas? Who was invited into this whole, you know, this thing that was about to take place in the birth of Jesus? Who was? And I, a lot of us think it was Mary. It was Mar Mary, right? Joseph, that, that whole story. But, but the reality is that the first announcement about any of this, it's going to maybe surprise some of you, actually came to a man by the name of Zechariah. And Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth, were an older couple. And what's interesting about Zechariah and Elizabeth is that they had been trying for years to have children. But Elizabeth was barren. She was unable to have children. And year after year went by and, 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 and hope after hope began to fail. And here they are in their elderly age and, and they're unable. They have not yet had a child and hope has failed. They have lost hope. And, and you're wrestling already. You're wrestling already with a broken heart. You're wrestling already with the fact that you've lost hope, that you can't have a child. But then on top of that, in that culture, you would be, you would be forced to face kind of the, well, if a woman was barren in that day, it was seen as though God's hand was not on their life. And so she's carrying around this 
kind of being shunned by the community, being like, oh, what's wrong with them? What's, what's wrong with her? She's unable to have a child. And so she's carrying around this shame. And so here's this couple. Matter of fact, they're so, they're so, they've lost so much hope that when the angel Gabriel, Gabriel shows up a whole lot in the Christmas story. The, uh, uh, an angel from heaven. And an, an angel just literally means an, an announcer from heaven. So Gabriel has a lot to do in the, in the Christmas story. He's going to make an, an announcement to Zechariah. And do you know what Zechariah says when, when that announcement is made? In, in Luke 1.18, Luke 1.18, after the angel Gabriel comes and says, hey, I got good news. The, 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 the child you've been wanting to have, the, 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 the baby that you've been, you've been wanting to have, it's on his way. And, and listen to what, what he says when, when the angel approaches him. Zechariah, I'll stand Like, how in the world can that happen? I mean, okay, what it says is, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. And my wife, well, she's well along in years. I like that he was sweet to her. He didn't say, he didn't say she's an old woman. He said, you know, she's, she's advanced in years, right? And, but you hear, do you, I want you to for one second hear the heartbreak inside of Zechariah and Elizabeth. I mean, you got heaven showing up going, good news. And they're just, they've lost hope to the point where they're going, God, I don't even know if I could believe what you're saying here because situation and, 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 and because like, like we're old and because we, we've been trying and we've been praying and we've been, we've been hoping for years. And, and it, they, they, we actually believe that they were somewhere in the, in the age range of, of 60 to 70 years old right now. And they're just going, this, this, we're never going to have a child. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I've found myself like this at certain times in my life with things, you know, where I've been hoping and, and God, please, would you? And, and I'm trusting, I want to see this relationship worked out. And I, I got, you put some things in my heart that God, I, I want to see. And I think sometimes in, 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 in our lives with, with places that start out as hope, we end up losing hope because we're losing ground. And I'm just wondering today if there's anywhere in your life where, where maybe you are wrestling with that. Where maybe you, you, you find yourself, like, like Zachariah, like, like Elizabeth, where you're losing hope. Or maybe you've come to this place today where, where you've lost hope completely. Maybe you've lost hope and seen a situation turn around. Maybe you've, you've lost hope and seen a relationship restored. Like, where have you lost hope today? Maybe you've, you've lost hope that you, you'd ever have a relationship with your children again. Maybe you, 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 you've lost hope that, that that dream inside of your heart that God, you, you believe God gave you would ever become a reality. Maybe, maybe you lost hope that, you, that you'd ever find somebody. Maybe you, where have you lost hope? Maybe, maybe you've, you've lost hope that you could ever really change. Now I've been trying to change. I've been, I've been, I've been trying to make better decisions. I, I mean, I, every year it's coming up again. I, I make those New Year's resolutions. I go into the New Year with so much hope. But, but, but you know what? This year, here's my new, res, new Year's resolution. I'm giving up because every year I end up in the same place. I told myself I would never end up. And, and you've come in here today and you've lost hope. Please listen to me. Listen to me. Christmas is meant for those who have lost hope. The, the, the very first announcement of Christmas is to a couple where hope seems legitimately impossible. And heaven shows up to everyone who's ever lost hope and says, listen to me, think again. Because there's a child on his way. And his name is Jesus. 
And Jesus would be one who would go and bring hope to everyone. Matter of fact, the, the child that, that Zechariah and Elizabeth are about to have, his, his name's gonna be John. You know what John's job is? John's job is to, is to, is to kind of be like a, like go before Jesus and announce the fact that there is one coming that is greater than him. He's the one that's gonna go before Jesus and announce to the world that, hey, hey, although you may have lost hope, there is one coming who can bring you hope in the middle of whatever situation you find yourself in. And his name is Jesus. And you need to understand that today, church. To those hopeless places inside your heart, Denouncements of Christmas is there's still hope. There's still hope. Matter of fact, Jesus would go on to live a life reaching out to people. You watch, look at look at those that Jesus went to. It's those you would say, there's probably no hope. And Jesus would say, Oh, think again. Dear woman at the well. That woman at the well had gone from man to man. Come on. Hoping to find relationship, hoping to find hope, hoping. She thought, she thought that what she was looking for was going to be in a relationship, but there was something deeper that she needed, which she's trying to find it in relationship. But one relationship wanted to deliver, and another relationship wanted to deliver, and one man for another man. She's running all over this world trying to fulfill, trying to fill this void inside her heart, trying to find hope. And it says that, that she one day finds herself by a well at noon. Why is she at a well at noon? Well, because no one goes to the well at noon. And the well was usually where you'd go and hang out with all of the other ladies in the community. But this girl had been ostracized for the community because she, she's just sleeping around. She's got all these boyfriends and, and the man she's with now isn't even in her husband. And so she's there all alone. And Jesus says, we must go through Samaria because there's a woman there who's lost hope, who thinks that there's, there's no way she could ever find what her soul is looking for. And Jesus goes to that woman. And do you know what he says to her when he shows up in John chapter 14? In John 14, he goes to her, he says to her, he says, woman, if you only knew, if you only knew the gift of God has for you and who it is you're speaking to, if you only knew who's standing in front of you right now, if you only knew what I could do for you, you would ask me and I would give you hope. I would give you living water. I would give you what it is you really are thirsty for. You see, Jesus would go and bring hope to the hopeless. Matter of fact, listen, listen to how, I love how Timothy starts off his, his epistle in Timothy. He says, he, or Paul, Paul's writing to Timothy and he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the command of God, our Savior and Christ Jesus, who's Christ Jesus? He's our hope. He's our hope. Come on, everybody. Jesus is your hope. And the coming of Jesus at Christmas is the coming of hope to you and I. And I kind of feel like maybe a fourth of you believe me this morning. So I want you to really understand this. The message of Christmas is a message of hope to anyone who has ever lost hope. So I make that really practical. What that means is that because of Christmas, and I want to paint this picture for you. Because of Christmas, you and I have this thing called hope. And you have it, you can have hope in the now. So say in the now. In the, in the now. Here's what I mean by that. Like When Jesus began his public ministry, he made, a, he made an interesting announcement. And here's what he said in Matthew. 
He began his public ministry, he said this, for the time, from that time on, Jesus began to preach saying, here's what he's saying, repent, why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, so now follow me here. Jesus shows up on the scene, Christmas has happened, he's born, and what is he saying? Hey, everybody, big announcement, listen, the kingdom of heaven, like all that heaven has for you, this new kingdom that we can, this kingdom of peace, this, king, this eternal kingdom, this, this, this life that we've been created to live within, these boundaries that we've been created to, to, to live our life within the kingdom of heaven, like is now. All the hope of heaven, it, it, it's at hand. It's standing right in front of you. Is now. And, and the promises of God is what he's saying, are, are available to you right now. It is at hand. And there's a sense in which for every one of us, you need to understand that there are promises, the kingdom of God. There is this nowness of the hope that Jesus brings to us. Let me, let me try to... The forgiveness of God it's not just a, a future thing that gets you into heaven someday. Like, listen to me. The f- forgiveness of God is available to, is at hand. See, Jesus, matter of fact, it was, it was wild for people in that time because Jesus is running around and he's, he's like forgiving people. He goes, you, you remember the guy, the, the, the cripple man? He goes, your, your sins are forgiven. People are like, hey, he actually needs to walk, Jesus. And he's like, no, like, first let's deal with your sins are forgiven. People are like, who are you? How can, how can you forgive sins? Are you God? Jesus is like, <laughs> you getting the point. But you understand for them, they're like, that, that, that can't happen. You see, forgiveness is something you gotta, you gotta, like, you gotta sacrifice this and you gotta do that and you gotta, you know, all this. And, and then maybe there's this forgiveness thing offered to you. But Jesus is walking around going, you're forgiven and you're forgiven and you're forgiven and you're forgiven. How in the world can Jesus just walk around forgiving sins? Well, because Jesus is, is got the cross in view and he's able to just say, listen, it's right now. It's right now. There's no waiting. There's no maybe. There's no I wonder if. It's like, no, right now, forgiveness is available to you. The the kingdom is available to you. You see, um, because of his work on the cross on my behalf, forgiveness is available to me right here, right now. When? When you choose or I choose to surrender to Jesus all of my sin. All of my unrighteousness, all of my failure, all of my meanness and my running from God, all, listen, all of that which stood between me and the relationship with God that my heart is craving, all that stood between us is wiped out. I am in Christ forgiven. That is available to me right here, right now. So here's, come on church, amen? That's why 2 Corinthians says, listen, he says, listen, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. By the way, if you don't understand what that means, he says, behold, old things have passed away and all things have become, someone say new, 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 new. Christian, look at me, look at me. God no longer holds over you your past. And I think some of us come in here living under it, 
Because we can't, we can't get away from the shame and the guilt. And the, but you need to understand that because of Christ, there's a hope on you right now. Right now, Christmas brings you this hope, that this, this truth that you have forgiveness right now. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That is a here and now promise, dear Christian. For those of you who have not yet experienced the forgiveness of God, it's what you are longing to experience. It's a here and now availability that you can be washed and cleansed and forgiven. You can be healed and restored right now. There's hope. See, that's what Christmas, was Jesus going, all right, let's do this. Let's bring the nowness. Let's bring the, there's hope in the now. Now I got hope in his forgiveness. I got hope in his presence. He says, you will, you will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know what that means? That means right now, you're not alone. Why? Because God's with me. So I'm not going to the holidays alone. I'm not, I'm not leaving Sunday morning, going back to work and all those issues and all those stresses and all that. I'm not going to that alone. I'm going with a God who is on my side, a God who's going to sustain me and carry me and care for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm not alone, you see. To Christian, listen, God sees you and he's walking with you. There is hope for you right now. You're not alone. My, I, the whole point of all that, I, I, we have a relationship with God. I, I'm walking with God. I woke up this morning just getting God's presence and spending time with God. Tate and I driving on the way to church and her and I are just having conversation with God, praying for you guys, praying for the church, praying for our staff and our volunteers. Like we're just in relationship with God and his presence is with us. It takes this ordinary moment, what you would think is an ordinary moment, and makes it a, a, a divine moment. Why? Because right now the presence of God is pressing in and around our lives. You see why? Because Jesus, because Christmas, because the kingdom of God is here and now. You see, there's hope. Christmas shows up to everyone who's ever lost hope because there's a here and now hope for you. A here and now hope. Hope in his forgiveness, hope in his presence. Come on, hope in his provision. Can I just, recession and uh, I get it. But you also have a God who's, who's going to provide for you. You need to understand that. Philippians 4.19 says this, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. He says, guess what? I will meet all your needs. So you need to understand this. You, you are not waiting for the provision of God. You are living in the provision of God. Living in it. And you need to see it that way. Like you are living in the provision of God. God is providing for me right now. He is giving me my next breath. He is giving me what I, what I need to sustain. You, like God is taking care. He is working all things out. God is working in ways right now that you don't even see. He's, 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 he's planning things out that you don't even know that you're gonna step into. Why? Because see, he's providing. He's gone before you. He's taking care of the birds of the air. And he said, I'm a, listen, whenever you stress out, I love Jesus. When they went to Jesus, they go, but Jesus, we're so stressed out. What are we going to do? He goes, look at the birds of the air. Like, but, but Jesus, you don't understand. You don't, you don't get it. Jesus, I, I got bills to pay. Jesus, he goes, just look at the birds of the air. They're not fretting. They're not freaking out. And yet God's getting them the worms and he's getting them as they work. He's, I want you to be like the birds. You go and you gather and you do your best, but I'm going to take care of you. You see, Please, and I could go on and on and on and on of all that is here for you right now. You see, I live in hope, everybody. You need to let Christmas remind you that you can live 
in hope. Man, I've got forgiveness. He's with me. He's promised to provide for me. Man, God's going to give me strength. He's going to give me peace. He's going to give me guidance. God's going to guide me when, when, when I don't know what to do. God's going to show me what to do. And I, he's going to help me. You see, I've got hope right now. That's why I don't live like the rest of the world. That's why, that's why you handle things different. That's why, that's why you, 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 you walk through chaos and you're just like, but there's just peace. People go, how do you have such a peace? You're like, I don't know. It's not my peace. It's a peace of God. I can't explain this. This is just, I know it looks like I should be freaking out right now, but I just, it's going to be okay. How, how do you have that? Because you see, I'm, I, I understand Christmas. I understand that Jesus came for me. I, I understand what I have. Someone say, in the now. In the now. In the now. And I praise God for the now. I thank God for the hope of, of now. That Elizabeth and Zachariah, they, they needed that hope now. Like, and I just want to fan some, some of your dreams back into, into flames. You know, I just want you to, like your love for God back into flames. Like he, he's, he's with you in the now. But there's this tension, isn't there? Because there's also this hope in the now which some of you, by the way, desperately need. So before you leave here today, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to experience the hope, to experience forgiveness, experience what it is to step within the realm of hope in a, in a surrendered heart to Jesus. You need that. But there's also, this, there's also this hope that's not yet. Let me explain that. Because... You see, this isn't all there is. This isn't the end of the story. And if Christmas does anything, it, it, one brings hope in the now, but here's what Christmas also does. The coming of Jesus lifts our eyes past the now and on into a then. You see, I got hope in the now and I also have hope in the, some say not yet, not yet. So this isn't all there is. And if I don't understand that, if you don't understand that, you actually miss out on an even greater hope. Please hear me. The hope I have now is amazing. The hope I live in today is, is enough. If, if, if it's all he ever gave me, it's, it's enough, but God gives me more. You see, there's an even greater hope that's greater than the, what I'm even standing in now. It's I've got hope in, in the then. I, I wanna try to explain this to you, you see, because Jesus in, in, in one breath, Jesus is talking about the nowness of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is now. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is now. But then in the next breath, Jesus started talking about the, the kingdom as not yet. The kingdom has still to come. And you're going, wait, hold up, Jesus. Is it now or not yet? And Jesus would go, yes, exactly. It is now and not yet. And you have to understand that. So Jesus would say this in, in, in John, John 14. Jesus would say, hey, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it weren't so, I, I, would, have, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. He goes on to say, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Wait, hold up. You're here now, but you're talking about coming again. So you're going to come again. And he says, I will take you to myself and where I am, you will be also. You see, that's a not yet thing, isn't it? So Jesus, the kingdom of God is here now, but there's also not, not yet. He goes on in Matthew 16, all over the place. Jesus is talking about this not yetness of the kingdom. 
For the Son of Man is going to come. Well, you're standing in front of me. You came at Christmas, but now you're saying you're going to do this all again? Okay. The Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory and with his angels. And then, not now, listen, then, not all now, not all here, not all present, then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Then, then, then. Someone say then. So I love what Jesus does. He says, I've got hope for you right now. Here and now. But I also want to put your eyes on the hope that's then and there. You see, we live in this tension, don't we? Because I have so much now. But you need to understand that there are aspects of the kingdom and our hope that are still not yet. There's aspects to the hope God wants to bring you that, that still has not yet been fulfilled. So you can say like this, you're in part one. Christmas says, here's part one, but there's also a part two. You're, you're living in this tension, this, re, this, this reality that like, you're in between part one and part two. You're in the middle of this waiting for what still is to come. And can we just be really honest? Is that between now and what still is to come, in this waiting, there is sometimes grieving. There's sometimes hurt and there's sometimes pain. Church, we live still in a broken planet. All things have not been made right. Lions are not laying down with lambs and everything else scripture talks about happening then. We are still in this waiting season and there's this brokenness all around us. And sometimes that brokenness will, will hit us. Sometimes that brokenness shows up in our lives in different aspects of our lives. And when that happens, it hurts. When that happens, we grieve. And I need you to understand me. It is okay to grieve. You're going to grieve. You see, between now and, and heaven, I have hope now, but my ultimate hope is heaven. And between now and then, there's this, there's, I'm, I'm going to grieve. I, I'm going to grieve when, when we experience loss. I'm going to grieve when I experience pain. It, it, it hurts. I'm, I'm going to grieve when I've been diagnosed I'm going to grieve when, when there's been loss in my life or the loss of a loved one. I'm going to grieve when, because this, this brokenness hits my life. It hurts. And you need to understand it is okay to grieve. I mean, it's, it's okay to realize, listen, I'm going to just tell you straight. There are prayers you are praying that maybe won't be answered on this side of heaven. I have seen God heal physically. I've seen it in our family. I've watched God heal, God touch. Cade was born with a hole uh, in between two chambers of our, in her heart that doctors were like, this is big. We're gonna have to go in and, and perform surgery um, on your child because this is not gonna go away. And we prayed and God said, uh, think again. And he closed it up. Uh, we've, we've, we've watched it happen in, in, in Tatum's life where God has healed. We've, we've, we've seen God heal, but sometimes God doesn't heal on this side of the planet. I don't get the, 
the nowness. And when I don't have the nowness, I understand that this is a not yetness. That this it's a it's a it's a still to come. Oh, there is a day where you will all be healed. There is a day where we will. Bible says shed away from this body of sin and death. The body, the tent, the scripture actually calls this a tent. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to hang out in a tent for everybody forever. You, like you just, it's temporary. He says, we shed away from this tent. We step into a, a glorious body. That, that day is coming. And, and I don't know why God chooses sometimes to heal. And sometimes God says not yet. I don't understand that because what I do understand is there is still hope that day is still coming. That is awaiting every single one of us, you see, and it's okay to grieve. It's okay to be like, this hurt. I mean, I don't get this. Paul the apostle prayed three times that God would remove the thorn from his flesh. We don't know exactly what it is. Uh, some believe that Paul was losing his eyesight. He's going, God, give me my eyes back. God, I don't want to lose my sight. Again, he prays three times and God said to him, Paul, I'm up to something. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. There's something happening here that you can't understand on that side of heaven. But Paul, Paul, just trust me. My strength is going to be made perfect in your weakness. In your weakness right now, you're going to experience who I am in a deeper way than maybe some of the people around you could have experienced. Paul, right now, I'm doing something. Inside. I'm not wasting the pain, Paul. I'm not wasting. I'm, my strength is going to be made perfect in your weakness. Prayed three times and God each time just said, no, not yet, not yet, not, not no just not yet. You see, there's hope. Because you, you can let this sink in. You are, you are surrounded by hope. I'm, I'm sandwiched by hope. It's a really bad illustration, Chris, but let's be sandwiches, right? I got hope on this side, and I got hope on that side. I'm like, I can't escape hope. I can't escape, I can't escape this because I'm, I'm in it now and, and it's over here and, and, and I can't do anything but hope. Why? Because Christmas, because Jesus came and he is coming again. So. Amen, church? You can't mess with people like that. But here's what I want to tell you. There's a movement sometimes in church that says, hey, you, that, that, that pushes us to pretend. So what, what that means is like, we, uh, we go, there's hope, there's hope right now, hope right now, hope right now, but you still are suffering right now and you're, you're grieving right now. And the church sometimes can mistakenly make you feel like if you really believe in hope, well then you have to pretend that everything's okay. And so life is, 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 is falling apart all around you and you're struggling and there is death and there is tension in relationships and there's all this stuff going on. But if you really had faith and if you really, well then, you'll, then you, you would keep smiling and you would keep, everything's just, you just, come on, come on, keep up, come on everybody. And so you end up feeling like you got to show up to church and put on the face and put on the smile and act like it's okay. But see, that's, that is a doctrine based in non-biblical truths. I have got to understand there are aspects of what Jesus came to bring me in part one that I'm only going to experience in part two. And so between part one and part two, it's okay to not be okay. Between part one and part two, man, things are not easy. I'm hurting. The Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice. And once I got like that, I think sometimes the church only hears that. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Hey, and weep with those who weep. How can that happen if all of us are just walking around pretending that everything's okay? 
I want you to understand this, Citizens Church. May we guard it forever. This is a place where you can come and admit, I'm not okay. And it's okay to not be okay. And I want you when you're not okay. I want you when the, when the brokenness of this planet hits you, when you're carrying suffering, when, when relationships are, 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 are a mess, when I want you to, to tell yourself, I gotta get to church. Not, I, I gotta stay away from church. I, I can't be with people. I want you to go, I gotta get to church. Why? Because that's the only place in the world I could be real. And I can say, I need help. I'm hurting. I, my thought life is, is out of whack right now and I'm, I'm contemplating things I shouldn't be and I want you to be able to bring that here because you see the gospel isn't just put on a smiley face. The gospel is, hey, there's hope for you right now. I'm gonna try to anchor you in it but there's also hope for you in the future. And as faithful as Jesus was to come the first time, he will the second. So I, I wish I had more time to preach this, but you got, we do have a timer. All right. Do you understand that when Jesus came the first time, there was people waiting? I mean, there's prophecy after prophecy about this king that was to come. This, this, and there's people just waiting, waiting, waiting. And heaven keeps speaking uh, prophetic word that Jesus is going. And then for 400 years, there's silence. What did they do? Waited, 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 waited. And when the time was right, the time was right, the time was, when the time is right, God said, okay. And Jesus showed up the first time. That's why everyone, they knew this was coming. They were waiting, okay? Jesus has come the first time. 90 something percent of prophecy points to the 90 percent prophecy that's been fulfilled pointed the first time and there's just like five ten percent still left it all points to the second time and as faithful as God was to fulfill all that he said about the first time he's going to be faithful to fill all that he said about the second time and you need to understand that his past faithfulness demands his present trust that right now I can still have hope no matter what I'm walking through because someday, someone say someday, someday, because someday's coming. He has come and he will come again. See, I, I might not live, as the worship team comes up, I might not live absent from grief or absent from trials, but in the midst of my grief and in the midst of my trials, I have hope. Why? Because Jesus is in the midst of those trials and he anchors us into something beyond those trials. Jesus is in the, in the midst of my grief and he anchors me into something beyond my grief. So when I grieve, scripture says, I do not grieve as those who have no hope. Don't be ignorant, he says. When you grieve, you're going to grieve. Do not grieve as those who have no hope. Don't grieve as though it's, it, this is grief is all you get. Grief as, grieve as though grief is temporary because it's promised. I, I actually think grief, here's what happens when you're grieving. When you're grieving, it's actually, and some people don't understand this. You don't, unless you're a Christian, you don't understand. When you're grieving, it's actually your heart crying out for the second promise. Do you understand that? Does that make sense? Like when, when there's death and we're wrestling with death in, a, in, 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 our, in our family somewhere, we're grieving it. Why? Because I'm going, this isn't right. 
This isn't the way it should be. There's got to be more. Our hearts are longing out for the more. Our hearts are crying out for what still is to come. That's what grief is on every front. It's us going, I want heaven. I want heaven. And so in one breath we cry out, thank you God for the hope now, but come Lord Jesus. And Christmas brings hope to all those who have lost hope. It hems us in, in the thank you God for what you're giving me right now, but thank you God for what still is yet to come. Thank you God for heaven. Thank you God for a day where you will wipe. It says in Revelation, every tear from every eye, where there be no more pain or sickness or death any longer, for the former things have passed away. And that day is coming for every one of us. Now, I think when we're young, when we're younger, we don't think about all these things, that second hope kind of scares us a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you remember back in the day when they, when um, some of you remember this, when like Left Behind series was a big deal and all this. And I think there's just a lot of kids running around freaked out. Like they'd show up to church, like Jesus is going to come again someday. Like they're just freaked out. Tatum tells a story about when she, she was in her, um, she came home, her parents were supposed to be there. They weren't there. It was like eerie. And she, she thought everyone got raptured and she's freaking out, freaking out. And it's kind of scary. We think about, we think about heaven as, as scary. Like God, there's, there's so much I want to experience still. Like I want to get married. I want to have kids. God, I, I man, I, but then I think as you, you move through life, as you get older and you experience some loss, you experience some pain, you get hit by the brokenness of this planet, your heart begins to long for more. Your heart begins to long for home. I think you start to look heavenward. Our hearts begin to cry out, come Lord Jesus. So today, all of us are, in different seasons. As we close. There's some of you in the season of the now. God, thank you for the now. Thank you for the now. Thank you for, God, thank you for the breath in my lungs. God, thank you for, I think all of us, we're in the season of now where we see his, his nowness blessing on everything. The, the prayers that are answered. But there's also some of us that are in seasons of not yet places of pain and, and, and sorrow, places of grief and loss and frustration, places where things are still broken and, and missing, where things are still confusing. And, and in all of those places we grieve, but I think the reality is all of us are living with a little bit of both. A little bit of the now and a little bit of the not yet. A little bit of the hope that he gives me now and the hope that I haven't seen yet. And what do we do? You teach your heart to wait, to wait, to wait on the Lord. To, the word literally means just keep looking to him. Don't take your eyes off him. Don't forget who you are and what he's done. Don't forget what Christmas is all about. Don't forget that Christmas is the greatest love story of all time where God so loved the world. God so loved the hurting. God so loved those who had lost hope that he came for you and for me. And he is coming again for you and for me. 
Who's Christmas for? <laughs> anyone who's ever lost hope. I'll say it another way. It's for anyone who is looking for hope in this broken planet. Like you're just walking around going, there's got to be hope somewhere. Gotta be, yeah, there's got to be hope. There's got to be hope. Have, Christmas shows up and goes, hey, you're looking in the wrong spot. Jesus would say, I am your hope. I will bring you hope right now and I will anchor you in a hope forever. And there's no better place to live. There's no better way to live than in hope. So behold, behold hope. Man, thank you, God, for hope. Church, we pray with me? God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for all that Christmas means for, for us. We thank you, Jesus, that you do not leave us to ourselves, but that you come after us to bring us hope. That God, although we were going our own way and trapped in our own sin and rebellion, that God, although we broke this planet, so to speak, that God, you put in motion this plan, Christmas, this plan, redemption, that, that God, you would choose to bring us back to Eden. God, you would choose to anchor us back in what you originally desired for us. And so, God, we thank you for the plan. We, we thank you that because you so loved the world, you sent Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you came for every single one of us. Born that day in a manger. Announced first to a couple that had lost hope. And so God, I pray for anyone in here who's lost hope, that today you would anchor them back into truth, into reality, that, that they can hope again. They can hope again. Listen, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, anyone in here today where as we're talking, you're realizing, you know what? I, I have, there are places in my life where, where I have yet to anchor myself in hope that is really mine. And, and I'm out there trying to fix it other ways. I'm out there trying to, to anchor myself and stand on other things. And, and I'm gonna tell you today, every other foundation than the hope that Christ brings you, every other foundation is, is sand. It always will be. Today, the biggest decision you can make, the greatest decision you can make is to choose to stand on the foundation that Jesus came to give you at Christmas. It's the foundation of his hope in the here and now and his hope in the then and there, his hope that is always present because of Christmas, because of redemption. And there's those of you right now who need desperately, who are longing desperately to experience that hope, to stand in that hope. You've been turning to other things and it's not producing hope. Today, would you finally allow yourself to stand upon hope? I'm gonna give you an opportunity to make that decision today by simply surrendering your life to Jesus, saying yes to him. If you need to do that this morning, I'm gonna lead you in a word of prayer. Prayer is talking to God. I'll give you the words. When you have this conversation with God, you mean it. He's going to come in and change your life forever. Here's what you say. Come and say, God, tell him, say, God, I thank you that you love me right where I am, but I know that you've got more for me. And so today I choose to surrender my life to you. I thank you, Jesus, 
for Christmas. I thank you for coming after me. I thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross on my behalf, taking upon yourself what I deserve for my sins. And I ask today that you'd forgive me of my sins. You cleanse me, wash me. I thank you, Jesus, for rising again from the grave to lead me into life. Would you fill me with your spirit? Would you help me to walk with you? I surrender myself to you now. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta